Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another pre-market prep? Let's go ahead. Let's dive on into today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about does the four-week rally in the S&P 500 end? We've had this big rally. Does it end? What's the bull thesis here? What's the bear thesis? Oil prices tumbling down here. China's central bank unexpectedly cutting the interest rate. We'll talk a little bit about what we might expect coming out of Berkshire's 13F holdings today at the close. We'll take a look at the retails uh, stocks this week. We got a lot on the plate. Home Depot, Walmart, Target, Lowe's. Lots to talk about there. We'll get into a little bit of the future of renewable energies. And I'm excited to go ahead and once again and get to a Market Structure Mondays with none other than Tim Quas from Market Structure Edge. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, and let's go ahead and get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's get today started and bring on Joel Conan. What's going on, Joel? How we doing? Not doing okay. Uh, a cool weekend here in the Motor City, but uh, still a lot of fun. Good weekend, ready to go. Fired up today, uh, Mitch, because we got to work today because Dennis isn't here. I so know, we, I know. So I'm going to have to get the rant going here i gotta get the rant feeling going in the morning i should have had an extra coffee but let's dive into this market and take a look at what the futures action gave us all right well uh this last week right uh wow good week the old friday close right right on the high high close for the week and uh you get the reversal pattern uh Sometimes when I do, you know, look at the charts, do the levels over the weekend, um, it's a little bit more difficult, like to identify, you know, an area. Not not this week, though. Not this weekend. This was easy. I mean, come on. It's just jumping out like a sore thumb here. I am not going to give you all the numbers between 4,300 and 4,305. That's where we fell off a cliff. That's where we got close to uh, on Friday. Was certainly hoping to see that in the pre-market for a little bit of fluff. We didn't get it, but it's just plain and simple. This is what the market has to do. We've had a big rally coming off the low. You cannot get any better resistance in the S&Ps than five daily highs in a row and a couple closes. Now, we backed off a little bit. We're trading on the lows of the pre-market session. We got some news, you know, news to cover. What's affecting this? Uh, but it's just plain and simple. Can this market clear 4,300? 
And as of right now, it's got 45 handles to go. So best thing for the Bulls would be just, you know, not have a bad day today. Not, you know, not get crushed, maybe lose, you know, maybe close right here. You know, go a little bit lower, go a little bit higher, lose 15, 20 handles, and then let the rest of the week, you know, take care of itself with earnings. But uh, folks, man, chop down that 4,300 and uh, let's get over that this week. Yeah, and so the couple things that I'll be watching this week on the spy, right? I mean, I, I think we're all watching to see if the rally can continue, but I think we're finally getting to that point where we're getting a little bit exhausted. I talked about it on Friday. We had potentially maybe a little bit more room to run, maybe a day or two. Now we're definitely getting into the territory, I would say, of overbought, which was the opposite of what we got um, during when we were getting down. And the low there was June 17th. When the RSI was down to 2130, we're getting above the 80s here. And so I'll give a, a quick little outlook on that. Um, as I as Some of the levels that I've been focusing on is now we're getting above that 80. And I've talked about how 85 um, is a huge extreme for the uh, SPY. And if you take a look back, what I usually do is I scroll on back and I'm looking for peaks. Peaks where you've seen this turn around before. Now, a lot of these are a little bit past 85, and so I think that we could maybe have one more day where we push towards 26 or hang out here in the 25s, on the 425s, but I don't think that we might have that room to 430. I think that might be a little bit extended from here. I'm actually watching 426 to see if it starts hanging as a resistance. Of course, we're also getting extended from uh, the nine EMA here that I usually look at for retraces too. As you can see here, when we were in the consolidation, we were getting extensions away and it was coming back towards the nine extension away, coming back towards the nine extension away, back towards the nine. So I want to see if it can continue the trend and at least not completely reverse. But I do think that we're going to get some pullback, whether it be today or tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be today, but one thing is for certain it. It looked like to me this week there should be some type of turn in this market back towards the downside. The question is, will we get back into the range, into this 415, or will we just create a new range? And that's an area that I think we should watch out for. A new range could definitely set up up here. All right, let's run down the, the rest of the commodities and futures and then uh, you know talk about uh, the catalyst for the decline today. Uh, crude uh, getting walloped down 467 at 87.42, bearing down on the lows of the move. We could talk about the news related to that. Uh, gold hanging, couldn't hang in at 1800 handle too long, down 2680, 1788.70. Silver in the red by 61 cents at 20.08.5. Bitcoin just slightly in the red, $140 at 24,100. And Ethereum futures, they're in the red too by $43 at 1890. And we talk about the euro a little bit. Let's talk about the euro. Euro backing off, heading back towards that 1.02 level. But um, let's, uh, let uh, you know, Dennis was looking for the China rug pull. Everyone wants to know where Dennis is. Dennis is on the road. He is, he is hauling his life from one place to another place he is going to be making <laughs> the big move the most anticipated move of 2022 so i don't know if he has his uh his phone on and he's listening to the show uh but he's driving a big old truck and dennis if you're listening keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel man we want you to have a safe drive so that's where triple d is uh, getting ready to uh, to do the move. Uh, we, you know, he'd been talking about a China rug pull as far as yeah. um, you know going in and do something militarily. Uh, but they did a little something different uh, over the weekend. Let's talk about that. That that could be our catalyst here, uh, at least for crude and the overall market being down. Well, let's talk about what you're seeing out of China today. Of course, this is coming off of disappointing data from retail sales and industrial production. Retail sales grew by 2.7% uh, in July, and that's well below the forecast of 5% gain there. Also, you saw slowdown in industrial production June at 3.1 advance, um, missing the 4.6 estimate. So there you guys are seeing slowdown in retail and industrial production. This causing China to do an unexpected cut 
of the key interest rate, which was, of course, the first time since January, since this was actually cut into the interest rate. Now, some people are looking at it as a front loading before the policy room gets narrower going forward as the PBOC sees structural inflation pressure coming. Well, I mean, I'm not a qualified economist here to to look at the situation. <laughs> While the rest of the world is raising rates, China's lowering rates in order to 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 stimulate, uh, you know, some more demand, stimulate the economy. Uh, well, they need it, right? So I mean... many different. I mean, so many different ways to go with this, right? Because they're shutting everything down all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, they're shutting everything down all the time, and that that that's hurting things. So, it's been it hasn't really performed in you know the it, off the uh, off the off the lows like the rest of the market. This is just not good news for all you know all these other stocks. Alibaba coming down to the low of the move. I mean, it's uh, it's a clear counter trend to what the rest of the world is doing as far as interest rates go. And will that help them? I don't know. Maybe that maybe that will keep them from being a little bit, you know, less aggressive uh, militarily. Uh, but it is what it is, and these stocks are traded down. These stocks have been in in downtrends, and uh, you know, it's funny because Cameron, uh, we did when she was on the show uh, the first time, uh, she talked about you know China, you know, maybe later in the summer uh, easing up to try and get their economy going. So here it is. Uh, well, let's see if it can um, help things. As we know, it it uh, it takes a while for that to actually matriculate and for the process to go through. So, going against and, the rest of the world. Yeah, we can't forget. Also, there's more and more scrutiny after uh, more and more companies are delisting here from the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and right now, it's a voluntary delist, but it's something to keep an eye out for: is what happens to these tech stocks out of this? Right? Are these going to be included? And I think that's really causing some concern for investors if you're looking to get back into that emerging market kind of trade is just be careful what could happen out of China. All right, let's go towards another area that definitely is getting hit because of China was the economic data is actually causing oil prices to tumble down a little bit further. Um, this is also coming out of Saudi uh, Amico's chief executive announcing record quarterly profits, also stating that he's ready to lift output to max capacity of 12 million barrels uh, per day. And uh, requested by Saudi government, he's he, they can go ahead and get it to that max capacity. This goes and can show why the XLE is down today in the pre-market as you're seeing energy sector continue to get hit here. And I think uh, I have to say it, Joel, I think you were right on this one about, uh, and I would say about sneaky supply out there yep. that's holding the prices down here. Right. Uh, supply, demand. I mean, that's the whole equation. I mean, you still have to look at it even at, uh, you know, 87 bucks a barrel, 88 bucks a barrel. Uh, this is still it's still way above that, you know, the average price over the last 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, so they're pumping it out. They're getting it out of the ground as much as they can. And that's kind of don't have the, you know, the the numbers. I don't look at the inventory numbers, but you know, you see it in you see it in the price action. Uh, also, you know, we are our economy. Well, we're slowing down. We don't know if we're officially in a recession. A much debated thing. That's all I hear about on uh, on the TV. But uh, China definitely, you know, showing it's uh, it's slowing down too. So you got you got a ton of supply and less demand. And yes, I paid attention in economics that day. And if you have too much supply and less demand, then prices go down. And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, we'll go. I'm just going to still stay focused on this monthly low right here because you can't really. And this is the rolling front month contract. Uh, 87.54 was your low from last month. You got down to 87.01. You're trading in the lower 87 handle as we speak. The next monthly low. Doesn't come down to eighty four thirty five, so that that's a 
big area. Haven't done a, I mean, this could get interesting here if you wanted to do a 50%. And folks, this is the rolling uh, front month contract. So I know that you have different, see, this is the negative. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do negative 10 or negative 30 because that was just ridiculous. I remember I'm going to go from, from 10 bucks. See if I can go 10 bucks here. Okay. I mean, that maybe that's what the Citigroup analyst was looking at. He didn't look at that negative 30, negative 40, fake low on that one day. 10 bucks. It's just, I kind of remember it trading that. It may be traded down to six or seven. That's where you got the big rally. The high on the rolling front month contract, that's pretty obvious. That's 120. I know the other months uh, traded different. That takes you down to 65 bucks. That's where the city, that's the 50% retracement. That's what your city group analyst was talking about. Maybe we'll have to dial them up and see if uh, if that's exactly. I don't think we've ever had anybody from uh, from city on the show. Uh, so maybe we'll uh, try and find a contact over there, but that, you know, 65 would still be way above the average oil price over the last 10 years. So that's what you're looking at. You know, there's going to be rip roaring rallies in this thing. I mean, crude just wouldn't be crude if, you know, if it didn't like have two, three, four buck rallies, it just ripped your face off. So, you know, maybe selling it in the hole is the right thing. But I think if, after watching crude for all this time, hmm, selling it in the hole is just uh, not the right thing to do. Yeah, I think uh, at least uh, oil investors and p- people that have been looking for oil to get another run, a lot of that was based on China's demand coming back online, fully online. And that's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing kind of more of weakness out of China there in that demand. And I think this is causing some issues um, because really, I mean, if demands at full capacity, then yes, we could see oil coming back for the prices because the supply is lowered. But if the demand's not there and economic shutdown and slowdown is what's viewed around global, we're just going to probably continue to see that demand destruction out there. Um, let's get out of that. Let's talk about something I think is is close close by, right? It's the future of renewable energies. I think this is interesting to talk about here. Let's get into a conversation. I think Joel saw a Barron's cover. Was I did. I, w- I went with the Barron's cover. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and you're right, Mitch, this, this really, this really, uh, flips in, uh, to the theme, uh, of, uh, you know, going at, you know, anti-fossil fuels, more renewable energy. We know that has put us in a, you know, in a bad predicament in the current situation, uh, but looking forward, uh, renewable energy. And, uh, I guess the main reason I wanted to bring it up is because I, this was back in the real days at the oldie office. Uh, this AES stock, I don't know why, but back in the day, it was like a $50, $60, $70 stock. And it felt like it had like a beta of three, just like move with the S&Ps. And it was, uh, it was one that uh, you could really actively trade. Uh, it's having a nice move. It's trading up in the pre-market. It's already had a really big move from 21 to 25. But uh, you know, maybe these are some stocks to keep an eye on uh, long-term, trading up by 13 cents. I'm sure everyone has their own favorite stocks to follow in this sector. But I think this is something I'm going to spend a little time and do some research on and see if I can find something that maybe has left yet they mentioned uh bloom energy be uh big move last week from 20 to 30. uh the other one it mentioned was everyone's favorite uh plug power (laughs) i guess someone got the news on the article like last week or a couple weeks ago uh plug and then uh what was the other one um run right sun run was that the other one yeah Yeah, that they mentioned so uh, it's just something a little bit longer term. Barron's is having an effect a little bit on some of these stocks, but uh, kind of fits in with the oil theme. Uh, maybe if we get a little bit of a pullback of some of these, we can have a little bit uh, lower risk. It's still going to take a long time uh, to, you know, to make the uh, transformation to renewable energy, but there's definitely, there's definitely a major efforts going on and major companies focused on it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going to be coming out and a lot of this coming from the Inflation Reduction Act um, and what's going to be coming forward with that. One of the things that I thought was interesting was this also includes credit for purchases of used EV. 
that's something that hasn't been talked about before um, is an actual credit for used EVs coming into play. Another thing is, of course, this gives a 30% tax credit for construction or refurbishment of renewable energy facilities credits on clean energy generation. And so this is a, a good tax credit for kind of new construction projects that probably going to get mentioned. And so I think we all need to just kind of watch what kind of new projects come out of this? Not only the move up in these renewable energy plays, and I'm, I'm Plug has been moving really well um, lately, and you guys can keep watch of that, but is what kind of new projects actually get mentioned because of that new uh, kind of credit on the tax? I mean, 30% is, is a big cut there. Um, so nice little incentives there for green energy incentives. We'll see what comes out of this. Of course, I also saw battery makers start getting some lift. Of course, this is coming from the kind of wording that's in the bill. That means that the materials for these EVs would also have to be created there. Um, so one thing that I did start seeing getting a lift is some lithium players also. Uh, QS is a battery player that I started seeing make a move. So keep your eyes on battery players. And then from the battery players, we can also watch the lithium players. LAC starting to get some really good lift. LTHM um, getting some really nice lift. Um, one that I saw started getting a lift, MP. Look for that one to come back. But uh, PLL has really been taking off. Uh, Piedmont Lithium. Um, this one, big, big ball. Yeah, we talked about there. this. Yeah, we talked about this one on Friday. Uh, mm -hmm. real, the only one I'm in, I've been in uh, for a long time, is LTHM. Uh, definitely have this one in single digits, thanks to Gene Munster. And uh, if you guys didn't get a chance on Friday, um, I had Gene on uh, premarketprep.com for about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, talked, about, uh, talked about Q2 a little bit, but talked about next year and uh, i think if you go through and you listen to that he's pretty conservative on the on the, on, on this rally um he thinks that he i mean he you know of course the stocks that he's owned and there's been a nice rallies and stuff still not fully invested in his funds and he's looking he's looking more to 2023 so um and it, I, I think it's like maybe the most bearish that i that i've that I've heard him speak and he's a, a long time bull on wall street. So you can go to premarketprep.com and, uh, and, uh, you can listen to that. And, um, also there was a nice article, um, written on Benzinga. Um, I just want to address one question. Someone, uh, when I, yeah, when, I when I, when I did the fib, I didn't, I didn't go to, uh, my fib low, I tried to go like around 10 bucks, you know, 10 bucks. And the reason I did that is because that, that was just a one day aberration, right? When, when crude went negative, uh, it, it just, so to me, it's just, it's just like a fake party, right? Or, you know, a fake, a fake, uh, Prince. I mean, people got stuck that day. People lost a lot of money. People made a lot of money, but the way it traded at that time, um, it kind of stabilized and I the 10 was the low. So technical analysis isn't perfect. It's all up to interpretation. Uh, but that is just like 10 bucks to me. I mean, everyone, if you want to, if you want to do the retracement from negative 40, <laughs> then you're going to, you got a boy, oh boy, oh boy. That's going to be a lot lower than 65 bucks. But I think you just have to look at it in reality. Um, S&P is bouncing off the low. Let's, uh, before we move on to, we got retail stocks coming up this week. I mean, yep. we got, we got to talk about the oil stocks, right? I mean, right. With oil trading down like this, uh, Mitch, I'll, I'll just give up. How about if I, uh, I'll give um, some, I'll give support. And uh, in these stocks, then I'll, I'll make it hard for you. I'll give you, I'll give you resistance. Okay, we'll All just right. go through uh, a couple of these real quick. And uh, I'm support ugh, pre market low ninety one, big low from yesterday. I'm sure we're trading below yesterday's low. Let me look at the dailies here. Uh, I don't think I could. I don't think I'd be throwing any bids out. Mm. I mean, eighty nine nineteen. Huh, that, wow, that's another that's another two bucks lower. I don't think you're going to get that today. I'm just going to after such a big down move. I'm going to call it psychological support ninety, 
and your four-day close, 90.59. What do you have for resistance on this one, Mitch? All right. Uh, so resistance, I see uh, some closes right there by that 94.50. So we need to get back above that 94.50 and start trying to get towards that July 29th high. We can get back up there this week, 97.51. Of course, this might take a little bit uh, to get back up there, but that's where I think we need to start. What if you were back. stuck today? If you today, were, if you if you if you came home, you took it home long, you mm -hmm. were stuck today. What what would be the first level you're looking for? If there uh, was a rally, yeah, there'd be Friday's low for me. That's ninety one sixty two. Getting through there, ninety one sixty two, the first level to get up through, and then you can start trying to get back towards that uh, kind of. That's what I. That's what 90, I wanted. Ninety three, nineteen. Because like ninety four up there. I mean, we're. I mean, like to me, and the way I look at the markets today is trading ninety ninety. It's down three ten. I mean, mm -hmm. you're gonna need like a minor miracle, you know. So we're to trying get to towards, give, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to get to ninety four. But good, it's good to give you a longer term resistance here. Uh, CVX trading down one fifty five, low in the pre market, fifty two thousand shares have traded. Uh, I'll I'll give you another level. It's a little bit lower, uh, but just basis the dailies here. Uh, parallel, and this is not necessarily for today, but you know, over the next day or two, uh, parallels at one fifty three. Mitch, what are you looking at as far as resistance? All right, when we talk Chevron, my resistance is going to be going back. Same thing. Let's just yep. look at Friday's low, which is one fifty seven fourteen. Need to get back up there. One thing that I do say is that you just filled the gap already towards the downside, so that could maybe help find a little bit of support after you've now filled that gap. Maybe you get a little bit of a pushback going towards 158. And also, we, I mean, I'm telling you, remember on these kind of things that, you know, they, they're quick moves here. Uh, there'll be two reasons why you may be able to get the, uh, you know, get a price like that. Number one, even though it's trading sleepy in the pre-market, you know, down 452, there might be a, like bids in there. You know, mm -hmm. just bids that are left on the book and they want to get done, right? So those sometimes could hold things up. And then, you know, you know the S&P is going to have 10, 15, you know, 20-point rips higher. You know, there's a, at some point during the day, you know, crude's going to have a buck rally just when it's looking. And if those are the uh, times where if your orders are out there, boom, they go up and they can get hit. But if you're not out there, and you're not prepared for those levels, it's boom, it's so quick, and then it's right back down. So that's a CVX, uh, that's ExxonMobil. Let's do one more, and it's perhaps the most interesting one uh, with Warren out there, right? <laughs> you wonder if this is ever going to go down. Oh, my Lord, look at that resistance that hit on, on Friday. Where were we? Why didn't we look at this one on Friday? Wow, <laughs> what a rock, 66 Trade. I don't think Warren's going to step in here. I, I don't think Warren's. I mean, this is too low. We know he's been stepping in, you know, into this area, listening to the show, listening to the technical analysis, 56 to 58 area. Um, also, this one, be careful. Uh, after the close, 13 F filings are coming out. Uh, yep. So, you know, you never know if he's, I mean, he's mm. got a 20% stake in this. Uh, yeah, we'll maybe. see. Maybe yeah. increase in Chevron and you see Chevron get a lift because of that. You never know, right? I mean, even though I, I would say that the headwinds are pointing to the downside now in oil. And yes, I said it, guys. It seems like I flipped on that end of the, of the spectrum. Wrong with that. But I would say in the intraday today, because of potentially some of these mentioned with Warren Buffett's 13Fs, I think you could see some investors maybe trying to play some intraday rallies. We'll see what happens there in oil, especially since Just, we're down in the pre-market. Yeah. Sometimes you get uh, that flip. I mean, the other thing, too, if you're watching this and, like, and then it says uh, uh, Warren flipped out of some, maybe mm -hmm. Warren was the 66 seller. Scalping, mm. buying 57s, buying. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, I mean, he's got a huge position. I mean, it just yeah. seems that, that, um, you know, that he, he wants like this is, is going to be his crown jewel. This is going to be his big takeover. I mean, all indications of the way he's been accumulating a stock. So I don't expect them to announce selling. I'm just saying. If he does, there could be a violent reaction, especially with people uh, leading uh, the other way. 
Yeah, I, I think um, we could possibly see some sideways action coming from this energy sector for a little while here. So we got to be careful with that. Let's get out of that. Let's start talking about what's coming up later in the week. We got a lot of big retailers uh, getting the earnings into the tape. So let's take a forward look Ooh. here. Um, here's the earnings for the week here of August 15th. You guys can find this on our Twitter if you guys haven't done so before. Definitely follow as we just hit over 250,000 followers. So let's keep it going. Uh, today, Weber and some other names, but after the close, uh, not the biggest uh, amount of stocks right now. But as we get into tomorrow's open, Walmart and Home Depot are the big boys standing out to me, of course, Walmart has made its way back. The question is, will it come back down now that it's made its way back? Let's Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This stock has just uh, battled back. Um, last earnings report, you saw what it did. Uh, mm -hmm. You've had... You know, you've had the earnings warnings. They've signed, they kicked the street in the face. They came back. They kicked it again um, in the face again with the corporate job clubs. And it just keeps coming back. So uh, inventory. It's all going to be about the inventory. You know, how much stuff do they still have kicking around? How much stuff do they have to discount to get rid of? What are they looking forward for to uh, for earnings season or for uh, back to school season? Right, that's right around the corner. Uh, I'll just go wide on you here. We're trading at one thirty two oh five. Of course, you have the rebound high uh, just under one thirty five at thirty four twenty three. I keep an eye on that one, and then I'm sure a lot of people thirty seven forty four. Uh, was the start of the uh, the whole Target and Walmart just going at it every day. Uh, I think, I mean, you found by the dippers on the dips on this, right? Every single time. Yeah. And uh, it had the low of the move, uh, comes in at, I believe, 117. And your high has been, boom, 134. So that's 27, 17, 8. Maybe, you know, if they whack it again. Maybe this 125 area, 125, 126. They had a couple lows there. They stepped up again, but uh, really interesting to see what, I mean, they, they came out twice. Bad news. Let's see what they can, if they can like get over the bad news bar. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath here. It's been one that's been fighting to try to get back to 135s. Um, we'll see. We'll see, really. It all depends on what happens with those inventory numbers. And then the following day, of course, what do you get? You get Target, um, which will bring in really those inventory concerns, um, especially if we can get Walmart to kind of, you know, get a nice push up and then Target coming in with a good report. Who knows? We could turn around on retail, right? We also get Home Depot tomorrow before the bell. Let's take a look at Home Depot and see what we see there. Um, as this is setting up, I haven't seen lumber prices come back on up. Don't know if that's helping here in Home Depot, but uh, it's an interesting stock. It's been really retracing I since the whole year. I mean, since January. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the top on this chart. You've been seeing it come on back down. Is now the time to start looking for the bottom here in HD? It's so funny because you look at the upper right chart and you're like, wow, what a rally. 216 and 315. Wow, that's yeah. looking great. And then you go to the bottom right chart and you're like, what? That's nothing. You know, we've come down uh, from 400, right, from 420, mm -hmm. 61, down to 264, 51. Uh, you know, it's a big component. It's a big part of the index. It's not in the top 10 that I like to follow, uh, but still nowhere near a 50% retracement on this. And while the S&Ps have already, uh, have already done that, uh, right now, just like today, tomorrow, this 315 area, looming large, high from last week, 315. You got a double top at 315.75, 315.80. So people looking to wiggle out ahead of the report or uh, to get short, that's been the area. That was also resistance back in May. So that's what I'm looking at, 315. Uh, monthlies are confirming that. You know, you clear 315, good report. A lot of room on the upside. Uh, the, your next monthly high uh, comes in ooh, way up at 340.74. That would be a very nice move. And then uh, if it's disappointing, um, if you don't like it, 
it's going to be, you know, once again, I, you could see the buy the dip mentality. Hey, I missed the move. 50% probably brings you into this 285, 290 area. Uh, but that's that's what you're looking at uh, for Home Depot. We did the Walmart and then uh, Lowe's, of course, uh, is uh, comes after the day after, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lowe's comes right after that. So we'll keep an eye on Lowe's. Um, what about this one? KSS after failing to take that offer. What do you think about this chart going I'd into? I'd fire uh, everybody. I'd fire everybody. Somebody's getting fired. I'll tell I think you that they much, did, didn't they? Yeah, somebody got fired. Uh, Thursday before the open is this one to report here. Um, what do you think about Coles? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, just based on, you know, the price, I mean, I'd have to lean bullish. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to be to be bullish based on the price action. Uh, but I just look <laughs> at the way that it, you know, the way that it came down, uh, really filled the gap. I don't know. This came off an earnings report. So it's kind of on its way back. I'd say, uh, fi- you know, easily fill the gap to 34, 33. Uh, but, uh, man, that's just, it's just, you know, two for one stock split, uh, since May, I don't know how much more you're looking for on the short side there, but if I, if I had the lean, I'd, I'd be leaning toward, toward the long side on this one. And you can use what the low of the move is, you know, 26. So if you're stepping out here, six, seven bucks with re- risk reward ratio, if you did get back over 50, 55, yeah, uh, you know that would be a nice return, but uh, yeah, just just they had so many opportunities. I don't even know how how real they were. You know what? They would have taken it. I I mean, one place offered this, and then the other place offered that, and I I don't know. I mean, I, if it was really there and they didn't take it, then shame on them. Yeah, somewhere that I'll be watching is will it close the gap there? Uh, Thirty four, thirty three would be that gap closed to the left. We'll see if we get that gap closed on Coles. All right, let's get out of that. There'll be some more to kind of look at. Of course, you can take a look at BJ, and we'll see how those kind of perform. You got Ross. Um, I don't know if anyone's been doing some shopping, but we'll find out this week. Definitely retail, uh, big retailers on the watch, and we'll see what happens there. All right, let's get out of the retail talk. Let's go ahead and get into none other than Market Structure Mondays. Yes, I said it. So you guys can sound the alarm in the chat. Let everybody know we're going to it. The Market Structure Mob is here. Let's go to it. Market Structure Eggs with Tim Kloss. Let's go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, Tim Quas, founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. Welcome back, Tim. Good to see you. Happy Monday to you guys. What did, what did I miss this morning? What have, what have you guys been talking about? 
Well, we've been talking a little bit about looking forward into the retail earnings and, of course, uh, China's unexpected cut of interest rates. We've been taking a look at that. <clears throat> and then also oil prices tumbling, right? Oil just <clears throat> continuing down. Uh, um, and so the question there is, I mean, inflation's going away, right? If oil is going to continue coming down and uh, soft landings all around. What do you think, Tim? How, how are you feeling about this market? Are you starting to feel more optimistic like I feel like investors are getting? <laughs> well, okay, so let me take each of those in order. Uh, I would yeah, say there's a lot. It shouldn't, <laughs> there, it shouldn't surprise us that China cut rates. China has been mm -hmm. doing the opposite of what the world has been doing. Uh, that economy has been locked down. Uh, they continue to shut things down for little to no reason. And at some point, that will demolish your economy, which will lead to interest rate policies that are accommodative and reflective of uh, challenging conditions. And so I'm not surprised by that. Uh, you know, it, they're in a very difficult spot. There, there's just no question about that. Uh, to energy. So energy got a boost because the European Central Bank cut it, or, or lifted interest rates. So when they lift interest rates, that strengthens the euro. And the most important pair and we'll get to market structure, but I think these are all things that well-informed uh, participants in the market should understand, that the most important currency pair on the planet is the euro and the dollar. So when the European Central Bank uh, raises rates, the euro gets stronger and the dollar gets weaker. And then briefly, energy and oil uh, move in a fashion that creates attractive prices. Uh, you know, Devon and uh, Occidental. So DVN, OXY, were two of the top performers in the S&P 500 last week. And you could say, wow, so the energy rally is back on. And so you bought them after they were up 10%. And now oil drops 5%. And you think, well, what did I just do? Well, it's a great, it's, it's a great lesson in market structure, folks. It, you know, you, it doesn't do you any good to buy something that goes up 10% if it gives it all back before you can uh, take gains, not chances. As to the broad market, how do I feel about the broad market? Look, I, uh, the, the, I'll, I'll, I'll say two things here. One, I would encourage everybody to go read Jamie Dimon's sort of rambling discussion uh, about ver the conditions in the economy and the markets and supply and demand and all these things. He's a very, uh, you know, he's a very smart guy. You can uh, agree or disagree with him. Uh, I think he's an insightful fellow. For those who don't know, that's the CEO of J.P. Morgan, one of the most important uh, banks on the planet, big primary dealer for the uh, Federal Reserve System, uh, one of four depository banks left in the USA. Uh, and he, so he laid out, he said, you look, you, have to, you can't have one conclusion about what's going to occur. There are a range of possibilities. And he said, there's a range from everything will be fine to everything will be terrible. <laughs> and where are we in that, uh, on that continuum? Well, uh, the, the, to me, what matters is supply and demand in the stock market. That, to me, is the only thing that matters. It's a, you know, fundamentals are not a great harbinger of how stocks will behave. They are great indicators of good businesses. But in the stock market, good businesses don't necessarily become good stocks to trade. And it's, it's so what does? Well, you could, you know, you could look at the tech sector and see what has behaved best. And it's fascinating to see, uh, you know, things like GoDaddy, Argo blockchain, you know, the stuff that was the absolute <laughs> trash. Yeah, you go, go back a month and a half or two months ago, and this was the worst stuff in the market. And now the worst stuff in the market has been the best uh, momentum trade of all. So what is that? Where does that put me and where the market is? Uh, the, 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 the market is headed into August options expirations. We could talk about that separately. That's what I think about. I don't think about, are we, you know, are, are we uh, at the cusp of a major recovery here and the bottoms are in and, and everything's awesome. I don't think about that. Uh, I don't think, oh, the market's about to fall apart. I just look at the supply demand balance. And at present, it's just about perfect. The trouble with just about perfect is that it can only get worse <laughs> when everything's perfect. What do you mean by perfect, Tim? What do, what do you mean by perfect? Is uh, yeah, like I like, that. like Apple is like Apple. Like to me, perfect would be. I mean, we could go polar out. It could be at ten, 
and just holding strong at 10 or it's had this big rally and it, it's still at five. Where are we at on Apple? Well, so so perfect would be a big rally and everything's at five because then you have plenty Even of more room potential. To go. Right. Uh-huh. So things at 10 are 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 uh, are extracting all of the value uh, out of the opportunity to me. And there's a lot of the market that is at 10. And what Joel means, if you're new to this, is it, we we measure supply and demand on a 10 point scale. So when everything is at 10, that's awesome. And the market does great. But it also means that there's a very high likelihood that they become nines and then eights and then sevens and six and so on. And you want to be out before you get back to five. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a great uh, lesson. We could look at Apple if you like, but what I mean by perfect, Joel, is if I could look at, at uh, multiple measures, but let's just say SPY. The way we look at SPY, every metric is green. It is a six. Uh, out of the last 20 days, there were seven net selling days, 13 net buying days. The short volume is less than 50% of SPY. It's an ETF, so ETFs tend to have very, very high short volume. So all of that, I'd look at that and say, wow, that is awesome. We've had two to one buying versus selling. Uh, It's pretty well balanced. The supply side of the equation, short volume is reasonably low. All that stuff looks great. It just looks beautiful. But that's how it is in the summer in Steamboat. We've had lovely rains. I don't know if you see out out the windows behind me, but it's lush and green and the creeks are full and it's been a great summer here. There's no drought in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Everything is green and beautiful, but we know autumn is upon us. There's just in certain places, yellow leaves are showing. And that's how I would look at at SPY. The next thing that is going to happen for traders and investors is August options expirations. They begin Wednesday, right? So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, people will, the the thing that will be setting prices in the stock market is risk appetite. So after this epic run for equities, is risk appetite likely to increase or decrease? Well, what would the common sense answer be? Decrease. Decrease. Thank you. Exactly. Right. It's we're learning, very Tim. Likely, we're learning. <laughs> we're getting it's there. Very li- it's very likely to decrease. So if demand wanes and supply increases and people do not commit to the same level of leverage that they had before, uh, what will happen to the market? Well, nothing immediately, but you could begin to see slippage. And then the market begins to deteriorate, and then we have trouble. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it is the reason I'm wholly in cash. I sold all of my positions Friday. Uh, which was a very good day. I told people, edge users, I said, it, we, you will want to look to get out of the things that we have been pointing to where we had great supply demand divergence because context will become options expirations. Broad sentiment has been very strong. Can it, can it sustain that? Well, sure, but it's, the probability begins to work against us. I don't think that necessarily has any reflection on earnings or the economy. I think it is supply and demand and the way that traders, you know, automated traders work, the way that asset allocators put money into the market and remove it and rebalance. All of those things are far bigger factors than whether, uh, you know, pick your big retailer uh, reports good or bad results. This is the way that the market works today. So that's my view. I'll share my desktop, but go ahead. Yeah, let's do it. I'm doing that. Um, right, one of so, the areas, ahead, one of the areas, of course, that we're going to be watching is what led this rally, right? And it, if it starts coming off, um, so what kind of led the rally, and what do you see up higher in those high numbers that we're looking for a turnaround in maybe something higher than seven? What is standing out to you, Tim? So I've, I'll I'll answer this. With, you know, it's been a long time since I've thrown out some, you know, some philosophical, yes, uh, you know. Uh, it, 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 uh, what would you call it? Platitude or or uh, a statement. So I'll I'll use. We saw Bruce Hornsby in the range last night here at uh, uh, Steamboat Springs Performing Arts Center. He's getting old like I am. He's a little pitchy like I am. But great band. And one of you know his biggest song ever was the way it is. That's just the way it is. And so one thing that is the way it is about the equity market is it cannot sustainably rise without tech. I said that all, you, we, we talked about this many times. 
uh, said back in back in December of 2021, the market cannot sustainably rise if tech isn't the, at least a participant, if not the leader. And so to answer your question, clearly what led the rally of the last six weeks, let's call it, thereabouts. And by the way, you could peg it right to June expirations. July is where leverage increased and we shot off to the moon. Well, all, July expirations. August is now coming around. And the thing that led is tech. And it leads people to believe we're back to this uh, strong uh, upward trend in the market. We've broken out from various whatever technical levels. I don't believe in those. I don't think that's the way that the market works. And why don't I believe in them? Because they don't work. They don't tell you what's going to happen. Uh, I prefer to use things that will tell me what's going to happen. And I'll show you what I mean here. When we back up and I'm just going to, eh, May's good. Let's just leave it at this. So this is broad sentiment. And here's where there, see these green squares? That's options expirations in June. It's where we hit an, a, a horrific bottom in the market. And that it's the same, basically the same level as, as it was in March 2020. Well, what's the probability that the market rises off of that level? Almost 100%. <laughs> so, and look at the supply side. We had extreme supply levels and no demand. Well, what if those things reverse? Well, that's how you get a 35% rally in some of these tech names. And it was the tech names that led because they were the things that offered all of the asset allocators, all of the traders, all the, the uh, trend followers, all the market neutral, all the global macro funds. They all said, well, we got to be in tech. Why not? So here is where we are now. Look at this. Once a massive supply deficit, it is the exact opposite of here. And supply and, and the demand side has been way over that red line. It's like redlining your car. It's like driving with your RPM needle all the way pegged for this long, all the way since basically coming out of Ju uh, July options expirations, we've been over that red line. Well, what's the probability that, that, that we can sustain that without blowing the engine? Well, a number not, of not things, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I look, th there's your answer, Mitch. Tech led, and it, it proved absolutely true that the market could not sustainably rise without tech, which we've had. Now what happens? Well, I'd look at that and say, this is a time to rethink whatever we have been doing because mm -hmm. it's going to change. Um, now, what I would like to look at is maybe some tech names. What is pointing at the opposite of maybe some short volume coming back into the name, maybe ahead of the turn? Is there anything starting to show us that short volume is starting to curve towards the upside that would eventually probably bring that demand uh, on the demand side back down? Um, well, so, so maybe some of the bigger tech names. So here, you know, the, for those who haven't seen this, this is Market Structure Edge. It is a platform designed to show you supply and demand. It's not a technical platform. It's not fundamentals. It's all about demand and supply. And uh, this was from last week. And you can see that the two stocks I mentioned last week, supply is falling. Demands are, or demand is falling. Supply is falling, too. But I'm out of those. So the, those were the, 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 the two names in there were Crocs, made lots of money on Crocs and Coupa Software. Good trade, but it's time to be out of those. So if we look at tech, you know, the first thing I want to do is look at the supply-demand balance in tech overall. So here's where it is. And you can, look, you can do this. You can always know whether supply and demand are, are working for you or against you. And you don't want to buy things where demand is falling and supply is rising. And we're not there fully in tech, but look at tech, 439 names, Fast traders, machines, the citadels of the world that calculate uh, changes in bids and offers and try to be on the right side of that. They're the lead behavior. But demand is starting to fall. It's been very good. All the way since July options expirations around the 20th, it has been above five. Great place to be. Excess demand, falling supply, group's going to do great. Right now, supply is still falling, but demand is too. So if those revert, if demand continues to fall and supply rises coming out of options expirations, the run is over. And already it's telling us, look, we should be more careful here. You know, it's still above five, 
Uh, so I'm not saying that we're in trouble, but the prudent foresee evil and hide themselves. You want to yeah. you want to make sure that you take your gains before these things deteriorate. Now, to your your question about what stuff could you focus on? Well, I'm going to I'm going to sort this by putting the tens at the top and have the highest possible uh, supply. There so, you, all, you know, so what what is the stuff that's absolutely at the top? Well, Snowflake. So Snowflake, which Perfect is a very example. liquid stuff, it's 10 out of 10, but 61% short. What that means is almost two of every three trades in that stock comes from borrowed or created stock. So if demand goes away, there's way too much supply, very much like a supply chain where all this, you order a bunch of bikes and they don't show up and everybody wants a bike and the cost of bikes goes way up and then and then people get tired of riding bikes and then your shipment of bikes shows up in the store and you've got all these bikes and no consumers of bikes. What happens to the <laughs> prices of bikes? They decline. The same principle is always at work in the stock market. We're just looking at the supply chain and consumer demand. And you can look at it in anything and see what's happening. Look at all these 60s. I mean, it just there's Asana, 10 out of 10, 62% short. I'm not saying it's about to fall apart, but I'm not buying that. Why would you buy something where the demand is peaked and the supply is increasing? Not a good decision. That's not what you want to do. I'll go, I'll show you the opposite. You know, there are a couple of things left that I would still look at. Wix is an example out of yeah, the Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, Wix. Yeah, let's, let's okay. take a look let's go at those, into Wix. Some of those. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I don't even care what Wix does. I know what they do. <laughs> uh, Israeli company, I believe, too. Uh, but so here's here's an opportunity yet. And it, and 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 it's even if it's down today. In fact, I like things like Wix that has about 6-7% volatility. That means it's the difference between its high and low price Every day on average is six or seven percent. Well, if it's down six percent today, I'm buying that. Why? Because look at the demand side. Demand is still at 10, only three days. That's not bad. We can look, look back here, it went 10, 12 days at 10. So we can look at that and say, well, there's a reasonable probability that demand stays strong and the supply side is now dipped below trend. That's the kind of stock that could give me three, four, five percent, not today, but tomorrow. So there's an example. I would look at Wix. I'd maybe look at Paylocity. You know, here's an example of something that's later in the cycle, but still has very good supply-demand balance. Uh, let's see here. Let me do this again. Is that PLCTY? Because I'm I'm not. Is that yeah. an OTC stock? No, it's uh, it's it's not. It's a the Y will indicate used to indicate. I don't know what it indicates now. It used to indicate a foreign stock. Right, Joel, you and I that go back so far that uh, uh, we remember stuff like that. Uh, okay. Let me just let me do this. I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go to the portfolio that I like to use in Edge. It's where all of my decisions to trade come from. Practically speaking, I will either trade big and stable stocks. If the market's beginning to fall apart, I look for that the number of entities in that portfolio to rise above ten. Well, there you go. It's at 11. Is it barely over? If the market gets bad, this is where I go. We're not there yet. So then the other place I will go is to momentum, where I can trade volatility. And, I, and, this, and the math does all the work for me. So volatile tens, 25 of them, tech leading, no surprise. Passive money is the lead behavior. That means all those, that global macro money, the indexes, the ETFs, they've all piled into tech. So I, I know that right away. Look at my supply demand balance. Very good. But this is starting to tick up. There's the first sign that we're about to run out of uh, uh, momentum trading opportunities. And I'll show you Paylocity in here. And it's a great, it's a great lesson. Um, let's see. Halfway down. Where are we? Uh, let me just sort that. Bear with me, folks. Let's sort by ticker. This should give it to me. There it is. I had it wrong. I had it wrong, Joel. It's PCTY. There we okay, go. Yeah. That's why I couldn't find it. Okay, so <laughs> apologies. That's a sign of, of advancing age, you know, mental deterioration. So here's Paylocity. So it's the same thing from on the supply side. See how that's plunged? So if supply is falling and demand remains strong, what will the stock price do? Well, look at it. It's, been, it's that simple. You can look at where demand surged and supply did not. What will price do? Rise. It's beginning to break down because it's spent so long at 10. That's still something, though, that I would say it would be number two. 
You know, I Wix is my first choice. Then I look at Paylocity because okay. this could could produce a gain. And at see there, it moves five percent daily. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tim. You got it. Yeah, like always, I appreciate you coming on. If you guys want to see the same data, check on out, like always, Market Structure Edge. You don't even need a credit card. You guys go ahead and check it on out and reach out to Tim Quas if you guys need some help. I'm sure he will go ahead and help you out with that program and teach you how to get some more edge out of market structure. Live demo every Thursday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. I do them myself. So come come join the mob. Do it. Good to see you. I'm off to Austin. So we'll catch you the other side of options expirations. All right. right. You enjoy that, Austin. And let's keep going here with the market. Let's take a look at what we're seeing. We've got a continuous leak going on. Yeah, you know, Uh, Tim started telling us about market structure. And you know how that starts going. And the market starts seeing it itself there. um, And yeah, we're starting to get that leak there. Yep. Uh, not much in here on the downside. We'll be, uh, we'll be, you know, concentrating wherever that pre-market low um, happens to be. Uh, the only thing I have, I mean, the next next level is the uh, interday low from Friday, uh, which is different than the Globex low. It's that low that takes place between uh, 9.30 and 4.15. And that's down at 21 even. So that's the next daily level. I don't my old bones say, I don't know if we get down there today, but we'll never see uh, on a rally. Boy, oh boy, uh, got it halfway back. That's even a long way up. So we market today uh, head in. Do you want to do like one ticker here and then uh, yeah, let's do we a have little one ticker hot time. ticker and then ticker we'll wrap time. it up for the day? Team, if you guys want to drop one in there, of course, uh, let's just run through Triple BY since everyone wants to talk oh, about I, it. Triple um, BY. Hey, okay. not, not too bad. Not guys, too bad. Off on me. Um, Probably one of my best calls I'll let so you go far. First. I'll let you go first. Um, I'll just tell you, not today. Uh, just not this type of stock that I want to be trading on today. Uh, when I made that call on Friday, I feel like it seemed like you know, that pause in in the time where you saw the meme stocks go away for a second could give it that ramp back. Now that we're near the highs and you're seeing Triple BY already make the move in pre-market, I think the top is going to be put in here in the pre-market and you probably won't even see it past the highs in those pre-market. All what do you right. think about that call, I'm going to, yeah, you're, you're learning good, buddy. I'm just, I, I mean, I can't buy it up here. Uh, yeah, but I, I wouldn't. Been, I wouldn't have been buying it at uh, 4 a.m., uh, but what I like to see on the dailies is okay, pre-market high fifteen sixty-one, right? There you are. You've 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 leaked the buck off that, and then you go back to your dailies, right? And you got mm-hmm. a high at fifteen sixty-eight. So that's a great level. If you don't get back up there, more of a chance on a fade on it. But that's looking where to buy this on a pullback. I'll leave that up to you, God, to you, uh, to you apes, because I have absolutely no idea. But we uh, confluence on that 1560 area. I would call it four, two stars from me, two stars from Mitch. That makes it a four star. All right. We're going to wrap on up here, guys. Like always, yep, I want I'm going to guys... split, Mitch. I'm going to let you uh, wrap yeah, it up and I'll check definitely. in with you later on. Sounds good, Joel. I'll get on out of here. Um, one thing that I do want to bring you up, of course, is none other than check out the swing trading event that's going to be coming on this thursday august 18th don't miss it guys it's going to be really fun you're going to have spencer israel joel alconan dennis dick rob friesen a lot to learn about here uh trading relationships with dennis dick uh rob friesen looking into seasonality i love looking into these aspects of trading that's how i get my best trading in if you guys don't know it's not really day trading that does well for me it's the swing trading that's what brings home the butter as i like to say but we'll take a look at that don't miss the event and up next i will get into what we have for the rest of the day let's go really quickly into that trailer for the swing trading event Are you tired of being sucked into momentum stocks just as the momentum turns the other way? Do you not have a big enough account or tired of the complexity for options trading? Well, join Free Market Prep's introduction to swing trading. This is going to get me fired up. Learn event-driven trading 
seasonality, sympathy trading, and you can stay on top with optimal hedging strategies. So welcome back, Spencer Israel from the Sparket Hiatus, and learn along with Tim as he hones his trading and investing skills. August 18th, 12 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern. You see, you learn a lot every day listening to free market prep. Learn how to become an investor that can survive the swings, ups, and downs in this volatile environment. Don't miss it, team. Check that on out, the swing training event. And for you guys that are watching, you guys get a special discount. Pre-market prep P10, so PMP P10 will give you that 10% discount on premarketprep.com. That's where you guys got to go to sign up to this. Don't miss it. And also Wednesday, we will also have a boot camp for you. So a lot of learning this week. If you guys are new traders, this is the channel you want to be. So definitely hit the subscribe bell below and hit that thumbs up if you guys enjoyed today, Market Structure Mondays. And of course, all the action that was talked about. We talked about the future renewable energies, re big retailers for the rest of the week. We took a look at what happened in China and oil prices definitely taking a hit. We'll take a look. Does the four-week rally in the S&P 500 end this week? We'll see. Like always, guys, you guys hit the thumbs on up. Up next, you guys got live trading. I'm looking to continue the hot streak. I don't want to talk about how long it's been. It's been more than a week here since I've been in the green. I'm going to continue battling. You guys go on over to live trading, and let's go make that money. Let's do it, guys. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.